Welcome to episode 7 of the MTG Deck Techs Podcast. Hey everyone, this is James, one of your MTG Deck Techs. I'm joined today with Jason. How's it going, Jason? Hey everybody, uh, I'm doing pretty good. How are you today? Alright, we all hope that you're doing wonderful out there and that you guys have been experiencing all the awesome stuff that's been going on in the MTG community. There's been a lot of good stuff. Uh, But before we get into the topics that we're looking to discuss this week, don't forget that if you are in the market for any type of dice bags, or play mats, anything like that, make sure you go ahead and check out inkedgaming.com. And at checkout, you can type in the promo code TEX10, T-E-C-H-S, 1-0, for 10% off at discount, and it'll help support the show. If you'd like to support the show directly, you can also check us out on our Patreon link, which is patreon.com slash themtgdecktechs. And make sure that if you haven't checked out our articles or our YouTube channel or our Twitch stream, um, you can always do that and get the links in the show notes. All right, so the topics for this week, we're going to be talking about the MTG bracket. We had the winner of that two-year-long project announced last Wednesday. We are also going to talk a little bit about the Ultimate Box Topper promos, which uh, you may have been seeing some spoilers online we're also going to talk a little bit about arena some of the changes that we are hoping to expect this month and then some of the upcoming events that you can look forward to this week and this upcoming weekend and then we'll close out the show with our community spotlight and our triple strike questions which you have come to expect every single week so jason the mtg bracket has been going on for two full years and are you aware of what the last card was, what the final winner was of all the Magic the Gathering cards. Yeah, so the MTG bracket uh, has finally ended, and Lightning Bolt won the bracket, and that breaks my heart as a huge Birds of Paradise fan. But honestly, I saw it coming. Um, Lightning Bolt is a lot more used than Birds of Paradise throughout the Magic history, and you know you have the phrase "Bolt the Bird" and everything. So it's it's kind of fitting that Lightning Bolt won, but still, as Birds of Paradise is my favorite card ever, uh, it just really hurts me. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I was hoping for Lightning Bolt, and uh, it did win. It actually won by a pretty large margin. It, it won looking on the uh, MTG bracket Tumblr website that it won with sixty nine point four percent of the entire vote. So, and I guess there were a lot of people that were following this. There was over thirteen thousand votes cast in these final uh in this final match so it's pretty interesting to see that this two-year uh project came to a conclusion and lightning bolt won and honestly i think lightning bolt's a really good card out of all of magic history i think lightning bolt is very traditional symbolic of the game and i mean it's still powerful and played across you know all the eternal formats where it's still legal and i mean it's just like the definition of an efficient burn spell it's like the standard which sets all other burn spells so i thought it was pretty interesting i wouldn't have been mad if birds of paradise had won either birds of paradise super strong cards super fun to play with and also very iconic so um yeah that's all i pretty much have to say about it i don't know if you were too surprised you said you you kind of expected it but 
Yeah, like I, I was really expecting it just because just because of how popular Lightning Bolt is. I mean, if you look at it right now, um, Lightning Bolt hasn't been printed in standard since M10, and well, Birds of Paradise has been printed, uh, you know, a good bit throughout the history of Magic, and they both have, honestly, but. Lightning Bolt in Standard will never happen again. You know, we thought of that with Birds of Paradise, but look, we got Lana War Elves in, in Dominaria. So, like, Lightning Bolt, everybody wants to see it. Like, we're not super happy with Lightning Strike. I mean, it's great that Lightning Strike is in Standard right now, but we all truly want Lightning Bolt in the format, right? Lightning Bolt has been a Standard All-Star. It's been a modern All-Star. It still is. Like, it's played in just about every single format. And it's it's definitely the most popular card ever, I, I would say. Yep. And looking at some of the stats, what, what Lightning Bolt had to go through to win was... Okay, so on the uh, Tumblr website, and if you want to check this out yourself, um, it's at mtgbracket.tumblr, spelled T-U-M-B-L-R, dot com. And so the bracket took two years to go, and, and the stats that I'm reading right now is... When they started it, they just had all the cards that were printed... Back in 2016 when they started this, which was 16,343 cards. And they paired them each up and through over the course of 590 surveys and 16,291,069 votes is what it took to get Lightning Bolt from the beginning to here. So very cool project. Um, I think it's really cool that they did this. And I'm wondering if they're going to start another one. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much all I have to say about this. Pretty cool, uh, pretty cool task that they, they took on for themselves. All right, so moving up next, uh, you may have noticed it online, a bunch of spoilers of these super awesome modern and, and legacy reprints that you've been seeing all over the place, and they've been commonly known, the Ultimate Box Topper Promos. Jason, what do you know about these? All right, so these were... These just so happen to come in people's mailboxes. Um, as everybody knows, the uh, Ravnica Mythic Edition, I think it was called, the Guilds of Ravnica Mythic Edition, where you could order it on the Hasbro site. It was it had an MSRP of like $200, which you got 24 packs of cards, and you also got all of the, the um, premium Planeswalkers that came with it. it there was this just giant debacle on the Hasbro site, uh, they were given the information that it was to open a day early and others said it was to open like they, they said it was supposed to open on October 3rd, uh, but it wasn't actually supposed to be till October 4th. So that was a big miscommunication. Also, whenever people went to buy, buy the mythic edition itself, um, people were being charged like two or three times or they didn't get charged at all, and they said they got a confirmation, but they weren't charged, so they didn't know if they were getting the box or not. But it was overall just a huge debacle on the on the Hasbro site, and it, it was just a totally bad experience for a lot of people. And, you know, the Wizards took the feedback that people gave them, and they came out with these letters that they sent to people. Um, basically saying, hey, sorry, you had a had a rough time with the Hasbro site getting these Mythic Edition boxes, but hey, check out this card, and they got a card, and it's supposedly from this new set, this premium set coming out that has 40 cards in total in it of a whole bunch of, like, really sought-after cards in the premium, uh, the premium uh, setting, kind of like the Planeswalkers. They're borderless, and they're foiled, I think. I hope that the foiling is not like the uh, from the vault foiling because that foiling is terrible. 
but we'll see. I don't know exactly how the foiling is. Um, but there's 40 cars, and, and, and a lot of the cars just look fantastic. I don't know if you've seen any of them, but, like, Bitter Blossom is probably my favorite art. So if you haven't had a chance to look at these, you definitely need to. Um, but there's not a whole lot that I know as of yet. Um, there's not a lot been announced other than the fact that these people got these these cards, and almost all, all 40 of them have been uh, kind of spoiled at this point. But tomorrow, November 5th, on their on Magic's Twitch channel, they're going to be talking about the details that surround this thing. So what do you think of them, James? So I think they're awesome. Um, when I saw them initially starting to get spoiled, you know, across the different social networks, I kind of thought they were like a joke, or I thought maybe this was some sort of old promo that I'd never heard of, and, and they were just getting pulled up out of nowhere. But... First, I thought it was really cool that Wizard of the Coast actually tried to make some sort of amends um, with a lot of the people that had rough times getting their their you know their mythic planewalker from the or set from the Hasbro store. And uh, you might have seen them online, but they were they were sent with like a single card and that apology letter. So I thought that was pretty cool. And then also the cards that they chose for this, you can you can find a lot of them. A lot of them been spoiled. I think all but three have been spoiled at this point um but at the time that you're listening to this there's going to be that announcement that jason just talked about and you'll probably hear about all of them but every single card that has been spoiled is awesome i mean we have a noble hierarch reprint we have liliana veil snapcaster mage we have reanimate like you said bitter blossom tons of great cards um so i, I i'm just really excited and i hope that these are packs that we can get you know easily i hope that this set isn't uh sold just like the mythic edition from ravnica and that you know it's not difficult to get boosters of these or maybe just buy the whole set or you know i hope it's not difficult and i also hope that it's not here's a set with five random and make sure that you also get 24 random packs as well because that's just gonna shoot up the price and make it less accessible for everyone so i'm also curious to see what it'll do to the prices of some of the uh the originals of these cards and see you know how the financial aspect goes because almost every single one of these cards is a high price reprint so i'm curious to see how they they impact and i'm looking forward to the announcement from wizards so i i think uh as far as how they're going to be distributed um, I'm going to make the guess that they're going to be kind of like the Mythic Edition, and I'm not totally cool with that. Um, I, I kind of want to see these spread out to people that, you know, couldn't necessarily get the Mythic Edition. Like, I, I, I don't like that business model that they have with the Mythic Edition. Um, I know that it's a collector thing, but, like, I'd really like to have these, and I'm not going out and spending $200 on a Mythic Edition like the Guilds of Ravnica one. I, I don't know. But as far as the financial um, aspect of these reprints goes, it, depending on, on how like widespread they are, they're not going to really impact the the price, the secondary market price of the cards that were that they're reprinting, uh, just because they're like a super premium card and they're like foiled and everything. It's it's not going to really impact. The, it's not going to bring the secondary market value of these cards that are reprinting down. Like, Through the Breach and Gorio's Vengeance are in them. Um, but you're not going to see them take a take a nosedive as far as value goes. So, the 
they're not great for really curbing the second market. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. And I really hope that it's not distributed that that way either. I'm trying to think of better ways to distribute them, but aside from just having them incorporated into a master's set with more than 40 cards, I really can't think of a, a decent way. I think really... In regards to just getting reprints, I think that'd be the best way. But because, you know, kind of how you brought up that these are just premium, completely foiled, full art, you know, borderless cards. Yeah, it's probably going to end up being a, a specialty overpriced mythic type product. But no matter how they sell them, they're really cool looking and they're all really cool cards. So I look forward to maybe getting my hands on them. We'll see how much they end up costing but definitely an interesting idea of a product and i think again cool that they used them as compensation a little bit for the people that had a difficulty getting their product before so do you have anything else on these no i think we covered them all and we'll see tomorrow exactly how everything's going to go about and uh you'll i'm sure you guys will all know before you hear this so uh that's it yeah that's true <laughs> All right, well then, uh, moving on, uh, I think the next thing we want to talk about is Arena and some of the things that we're kind of hoping for uh, coming out this month that we've heard and some of the other things that are in the works for Arena. So do you are you aware of any changes that are coming up, Jason? Yeah, yeah, so with Arena, there are things that are coming, and it's pretty cool. So you're gonna they're going to have a, a friend mode where you can play with your friends, and that's something that we've wanted for a long time. So you can just get people's, like, I don't know, their usernames or whatever. If they're online, you can just boot it up and play them and test with them. Uh, something that we have on MTGO, but we don't have on Arena yet. So that's going to be a very, like, welcome thing. Um, also, they, they had come out and said something that they understand that the, um, the vault issue is something that we're concerned about, but that's, like, low on their priority list. Um, I don't know if you guys know about the, the fifth copy issue that I'm sure you do because a lot of people are talking about it. But um, whenever you get a fifth copy of a card in, in Arena, it gives you a percentage towards the vault, which if you get 100% in that category, you get to open the vault, which has a single mythic wild card, two rare wild cards, and three uncommon wild cards. I've actually opened one. It was cool to open, but overall, like, the value... The way that they implement it is so, it's just, it's garbage. And, like, I love Arena, and Arena is so great. But th this is one thing that they really need to work on. Because with with a mythic, with a fifth copy of a mythic, you get 1.1% um, towards the vault. With a rare, you get 0.55%. With an uncommon, you get 0.33%. And with a common, you get 0.11%. So it takes a lot to actually get them get the vault. So I, I think they really need to fix that. And that's something that should be done sooner rather than later. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it's been brought up before too. I mean, with the fifth card problem and this vault problem, it's really affecting the people that have, you know, dumping tons of money into the, into the game. I don't think there's too many people that are out there doing that right now. Cause through the grind, you can pretty much get that one deck that, that works really well and you can still be competitive. But the people that are dropping cash and opening up several of the same Mythic and only getting a little bit of return, those are the people that are really being affected by the, the lack of a solution. So I don't really know. I mean, really the best way is just some sort of dusting mechanism, kind of like in the other 
digital card games, but I don't know exactly how that would look, if it'd be based off rarity or actually based off of the meta and how used the cards are or, or how about how they'd go about it, probably just by rarity. But we'll have to see what solution they come up with. I'm really excited for the friends aspect. That was something I was hoping for even since the closed beta was the opportunity to actually play with, with other people. And I think once that happens, you're going to be seeing a lot more improved content creation too, you know, because then you can actually have, you know, different streamers playing other streamers and having like, you can see both hands and different things like that. So I would expect once the friends aspect is incorporated into the game that we'll be seeing a lot more arena content to include leagues, different organized play type things. Um, And hopefully we can even incorporate some of that into MTG deck decks. And so, I mean, listeners, if you want to be interested on that, just go ahead and hit us up in our, our uh, social media networks or our email that we'll provide at the end of the episode. And we'll see if we can try to get you guys worked into it. But I know that that's something that we would like to do once the friends thing actually uh, becomes active on arena. So something that I, I forgot to mention too, it, as far as the, the vault goes, they, they said that they are going to fix it. It just wasn't super high on their priority priority list. But I think with a lot of people voicing their concern, it's going up. Um, they are going to retroactively fix the issues with people that have been putting a lot of money into it. So it there shouldn't be any concern. You can throw whatever money you want at it. And they're going to fix it whenever they get the fix. And they're going to, they're going to, back pay you basically for everything that you've thrown in so they got us there i think i think it's safe to if you want to throw thousands of dollars into it go ahead and do it um i don't think you have to worry about it but yeah i'm super excited for friends and uh i I really think that we can do some cool things with mtg deck techs especially here in the future whenever i start streaming arena yeah i'm really excited for it i definitely want to get some uh internal gauntlets and leagues and stuff like that going once uh arena can have friends also with arena i don't know i didn't even know the vault was still going to be completely honest when i keep playing i always get just there's like the mythic card and like the uncommon card and a wheel around it that slowly fills up is that like the new version of the vault because i thought it went away no or is it just hidden the vault is hidden right now so like in the oh wow in the closed beta it it had i guess it showed you the the vault and how close you yeah, were it had to a it. little treasure chest yeah yeah so it's hidden now it, you can only see it whenever you hit 100 percent um i think that if you hit 100 percent and it shows it will start showing your progression to the next vault but you can't see it unless you actually hit 100 percent wow i guess i haven't hit the vault in a long time then all right. Um, also, did you try out any of the uh, the specialty events that were going on with, like, Gabby Sparts and Day 9? They had, like, their own little versions. I didn't get a chance to try those out. I don't know if you did. Yes, I did, actually. So um, I didn't play the draft because I didn't have enough gems, and that fell on a, on a non-payday week. So I didn't get a chance to draft. However, I did play the Instaban. Um, day nine since the band that was pretty cool i played a mono green deck well i just basically tuned my mono green deck i took out my prey upons and i just put in some rabid bites for my removal and i did pretty well i didn't get to five wins in that or whatever but like it was still fun to play and actually what was the premise of his um every you could only play it was instant instants were banned so you could only play sorcery oh, sorceries okay. and like <laughs> um 
You could you can play you know effects that you can do on your opponent's turn like with activated abilities, but you couldn't play any instance. So that was his that was their thing, and it was really cool. And I I heard that Merfolk was really good in that, and I actually played against Merfolk, and they they that deck destroyed me. But actually today I played uh, the Popper, um this the standard Popper event uh, twice. With a Bant Hexproof list that I guess, um, uh, shoot, Kendra, Rot, Kendra, Kendra's, why can't I think of her name? Uh, Maverick Gal, uh, Kendra Smith, I believe. I don't, I don't know why, I'm just totally butchering that, like, I met her, she's cool. But anyway, Maverick Girl is, is what I see her as on Twitter and everything. Um, but she helped, uh, she, I guess helped Evan Irwin build this, this, uh, Bant Hexproof deck and it, it crushed. Like it was great. I went five and one in my first league and then I went five and oh in my second league. So the deck was sick. And actually I posted up on Twitter. I, I retweeted, uh, Evan Irwin's tweet and I posted up on my Twitter. So, uh, you won't have a chance to play it, but the deck was fun. <laughs> that sounds fun. Yeah. I usually don't, don't do any of the specialty events, but I have thought about doing the when the when the day nine one and the Gabby Sparks ones were up. I was thinking about doing those, and then Popper always looks fun. But I don't know. I just sit there and grind the standard pretty much the whole time. That's all I ever do on it until the daily quests are gone, and then I go on the next day. All right, so I think that pretty much covers Arena. I'm super excited for Friends. So keep an eye out for what MTG Deck Text does with that. We got some plans in the works. And then, all right, so upcoming events. So this this weekend, we just had GP Atlanta. Did you get a chance to watch it at all? No, actually, I, I didn't get a chance to watch any coverage. Like, I have to watch Twitch on my computer now because my phone is all, all weird. Um, but I didn't get a chance to watch anything. I had some things going on yesterday, and today I was just jamming a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of arena on my computer. So I didn't get a chance to watch it, but I, I did get the you know I, I did get the top eight breakdown and everything. Yeah, it was it was a pretty cool event. Um, that's actually near my neck of the woods, so I was there Saturday. So if you're listening to this and you were in there this weekend, um, we probably walked by each other. I was just playing modern side events, so if you're doing that, maybe we even played against each other. Um, but then Sunday, you know, the day two, I actually was at home and I was just watching some coverage, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, there was wide diversity of decks especially in the top ed i don't think there was a single um matched deck and bant spirits ended up taking the whole thing and that, that was pretty cool to see um i'm not sure so I, I know going into the weekend there was a lot of discussion as to whether or not there would be a lot of um arc light phoenixes and a lot of dredge decks uh, and a lot of people were discussing incorporating a ton of graveyard hate into their decks i don't know i think I think when I was there, I was talking around to people, and it was a little overhyped. I don't think there was as much dredge and graveyard-type decks as people were expecting, but there, there was some. Uh, but a lot of the people I talked to never even ended up playing dredge, but of course, a lot of those same people didn't make it to day two, and I know that dredge made it pretty close to the top eight, if not one of them in the top eight. But do you have anything to say about the, the GP? You said you only kind of tracked the top eight decks. Yeah, so the, the, the top eight decks, there was one deck that was uh, represented twice, and that was KCI. Um, but but the uh, the first seed was Martin Zuzo with Hollow One. Then we had Bant Spirits, Hardened Scales, Infect, KCI, Bridgevine, Tron, and KCI. 
Um, and of course, Band Spirits took it, and I was pretty excited to see that. But I, I wrote about Band Spirits whenever uh, the the new Supreme Fan Supreme Phantom was printed in M19. So it's nice to see Band Spirits take it, and I really don't like KCI at all or Tron. So it's nice to see those decks not not get the trophy. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I, I thought it was pretty cool to watch Spirits win. Um, and then this weekend we didn't have any SCG events. Uh, that, that was pretty much this weekend. So it was pretty fun to get off standard just a little bit and watch some modern in the GP scene. And then um, coming up we have this Thursday, I believe, November 8th, we have the Player of the Year playoffs. Have you heard much about that? Well, basically... Uh... It's Seth Manfield and uh, Luis Savato playing for the Player of the Year, and they're going to do some really cool, like this really cool playoff thing that you just told me about, and it's uh, really weird, but I think it's really cool. Yeah, so I think it's it's going down at 3 p.m. on Thursday. They're trying to knock it out before the Pro Tour, which is this upcoming weekend, and what the deal is is they're each bringing four separate standard decks, and the standard decks need to be different enough to the point where they don't have any more than eight cards, non-land cards, overlapping between the decks. And essentially what they're going to do is, once they show up, then they're going to get each other's deck lists, and they're going to be able to kind of see what they're uh, going up against. And then they'll each pick a deck, and they'll play, and once they win with a deck, they can no longer play with that deck. And their best of one matches... And in order to win the playoff, you have to win with each of your four decks. So I am really curious to see what happens. What I hope doesn't happen is I hope that one of them doesn't just bring a deck and win with that same deck four times. I really hope that it kind of battles back and forth and decks get eliminated and we work all the way through to the maximum seven games available. Um, What kind of decks are you expecting them to bring? Do you think, especially since they they can't have the overlap? Like, what do you what do you kind of think that the field's gonna look like on Thursday? So I think I don't know who's gonna play what, but we're gonna see a green black deck. Um, you know the the planeswalker dominated green black decks uh, with Vivians and the Vraskas and stuff. We're gonna see that deck. Um, I'm sure we're gonna see a mono red deck with Risk Factor or and or Experimental Frenzy and Steamkins. Um, also, we're going to see, and it, we're going to see some kind of control, more than likely Jeskai control, and we're going to see a blue-red Arclight Phoenix Drake-ish deck. I don't know how heavy they're going to splash on the Drakes, because I, I don't want to go super heavy into Drakes anymore, because, like, they kind of bog it down, but we're going to see that, like, kind of tempo deck. We also might see the Mono Blue tempo deck, which is really good. Um, also a deck that... I don't know, it just might be me playing it, and I've had some great success with it, and I almost took it to a PPTQ today before it was uh, canceled at the last minute. Um, the, the Punisher Burn deck, the black-red um, burn deck, it, it's 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 phenomenal. It's a very good meta call at the moment. Um, I know that Jim Davis was streaming it recently. He posted it on YouTube, so it's getting it's going to get some seen a little bit more than just on MTG Goldfish. Um, but I think that that deck could show up there and do some damage. Yeah, I was, 
I'd love to see some kind of like fringe decks like that. Some of the like the like the Rakdos kind of deck that you were talking about that's making its its way up. There's also another deck like the Lich's Mastery deck. Um, there's been some success with that on YouTube and different people playing with it. I don't I don't really expect it. I think I think the decks that you kind of mentioned are most likely. So like if I were to go, it would probably be like mono red, like a Steamkin type deck, mono blue. And then probably like Selesnya tokens, and then the Golgari. Because I think between all of those, you're not overlapping anything. Um, maybe with the Golgari, Selesnya, but really those two different greens are trying to do different stuff. So I'm really excited to see what happens, and I'm curious how they're going to enforce the later rounds of the matches. So I know like they show up and they both play. But I wonder if that person's going to keep that winning deck, like that deck stays until it's beaten, or if you get to switch again. Because otherwise, like, one player's going to be able to know what they're going up against, and then they can change to the favored matchup. But anyway, I guess we'll have to see about that. Uh, do you have any predictions on who's going to win? Um, my, my, my guess is Seth Manfield. Uh, he, he's just, he's great. <laughs> he's the best player in the world, in my opinion. I think that Sam's or Seth, sorry. Seth is going to take it. I don't know why. I, I'm just butchering names today. I apologize. Oh, you're good. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, I think Seth's going to take it. And, and the cool thing about this standard format is there are so many, like, decent decks, like, good decks that you can play and, and bring. So, like, I, I don't know if it's going to be, like, streamed. I hope it is because I really want to watch it and see what kind of standard decks they bring to it just to see exactly what they're doing. I, I think it's going to be great. Yeah, it's going to be streamed. It's going to be on the uh, the Watsi Twitch channel at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or Eastern Time. Uh, yeah, I think I think Seth is going to win too. Um, I just have a hunch, but we'll see what happens. And I'm super excited to, to look into it and watch. And then after that event on Wednesday, we go into the Pro Tour this weekend, which is also in Atlanta. Um, so a lot of the pros that were here for this GP are, are just going to be staying this week. And... Uh, probably watching this player of the year playoff while they're here and then going into the PT this weekend. So if you're in Georgia, that's where most of the big magic pros are at right now. Um, for the pro tour, it's going to be the, the standard and, and, and draft guilds of Ravnica. Um, I don't really have much to say about the pro tour. Do you have anything? Yeah, I, I don't, there's not a whole lot to say about it. Of course, we're going to see, you know, Golgari probably going to be the, the most played with uh, some Jeskai control in the blue-red decks, probably, and round it out with, like, the, the red decks. Um, but other than that, like, I don't think that, that this format is so diverse at this mo at the moment, and, like, you know, usually by the Pro Tour, it's pretty much established what the best decks are, and, like, the Pro Tour just, like, okay, this is it. Like, this is where we're at, and this is what you need to be playing. But I don't even think the Pro Tour is going to nail down the format truthfully, just because there's this the, the power level of the the format is so great, and it's so nice to see. And I'm so excited for this Pro Tour and check it out. And hopefully, we're going to see a very like highly diverse top eight. Yeah, I hope so too. I'm hoping to see some of the extra spice that that maybe they've been holding out on. Um, or any of the new stuff. I, I kind of want to see a deck just spike its way to the top that we haven't really been seeing. But other than that, I'm kind of expecting to see a lot of the, the control decks that really showed a lot of success in 
last weekend's GPs. But we'll see. It'll also be awesome if just a mono blue tempo takes the whole thing. That'd be pretty awesome. A $50 deck takes down the PT. And then is SCG doing anything this weekend? Yeah, SCG is going to have the regionals, their their regional tournaments this weekend. So if you're in in the market to go play in those, check out where your locus local your the the, the most local uh, center is to play in the regionals. They have a list of everything on StarCityGames.com. Um, I think at the regionals you can you can go to those and qualify for the Invitational, I believe. So if you're in the market to go play in one of those events, go check it out. Awesome, good stuff. <clears throat> And that pretty much covers this episode. So I, I do. Uh, who do we have for the community spotlight this week? So for this week's community spotlight, I want to take a quick look spotlight on Fishing a Merfolk podcast. So Fishing a Merfolk podcast do, as you guess, uh, Merfolk. It's a Merfolk podcast, and they do a lot of things that are Merfolk related. I know that Cody streams um, Friday nights, I believe, and they got a YouTube channel. Fishing a Merfolk podcast on their YouTube channel that they have a bunch of different things that they do Merfolk related and like they're not like Cody's not super set on just Merfolk but a lot of their stuff is Merfolk related stuff so definitely give them a ch- give them a uh, a look into especially if you're a Merfolk fan um, if you like fish go check them out and if you don't like fish go check them out because they're just great people all right great community spotlight. And then uh, we'll end this episode with our triple strike questions. So we'll give you the answers to last week's triple strike trivia questions, and then we'll go into this week's. So last week's triple strike questions were, so the first strike question was, what does EDH stand for? And it stands for Elder Dragon Highlander. That's the, uh, the name other than Commander. And then our double strike question was, when did Modern become an official format as we know it and the answer to that is in may 2011 it went live on mtgo but then in august 12th 2011 2011 that's when the modern format became an official format and then the last strike question was which circle of protection wasn't printed in alpha and circle protection black was not printed in alpha all right so this week's triple strike questions are your first strike question is what is the mana cost for the card called lord of atlantis your double strike question is who has the most pro tour top eights your last strike question is in the modern deck known as 8-Rack, what is the other card that works similar to the rack called? So you have four copies of the rack and you have four copies of another card. What's that other card's name? And those are your triple strike questions of the week. So feel free to go ahead and share those on Twitter or Facebook with hashtag MTG deck text and the answers. Make sure to help us get our name out there and rate and share our podcast on whatever podcast listening platform you are on. And if you'd like to get a hold of myself or Jason and ask any questions that you'd like answered on the air of this podcast, you can hit us up at mtgdecktextpodcast at gmail.com or you can reach me directly on Twitter 
at JamesRMTG. And how can they get a hold of you, Jason? You can get a hold of me on Twitter at T2TKS or also on Twitter at MTGDeckTex. Perfect. And that's all we've got. And we hope to, um, or we'll talk to you next week. All right. Bye. Have fun, everyone.